Hey, it's Casey Coop, and welcome to Casey's Freak Show podcast with my guest, who is actually my favorite internet funny person, Hannah Michaels. Oh my God, really? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Wait, did I mess up your name at all? No, Just you didn't. Oh, no, well, everybody okay. does, and you didn't. Okay, cool. Can I give you an awkward intro? Where Hell I, yes. Okay, cool. I'm low-key fanning out. <laughs> um, Hannah's a writer and comedian whose work is fucking weird and frank and totally brilliant. Every tweet kills me, dude. Not to mention the satire-rich articles she writes for publications like Funny or Die and Splitsider. Hannah freely expresses her struggles and hard doses of truth through humor. Her words bring levity to social media feeds and an actual world that seems either depressing or condemning. Welcome to my show after my awkward intro. Oh my god, that's the best intro I've ever gotten. Thank you. I'm I'm glad you liked it. I always felt like I went on um, podcasts and like sometimes the host would record the intro, like you know, separately and yeah. independently. And I'd listen to the nice thing they said, and I was like, they felt that way about me. <laughs> but I actually I like people to know how I feel about them, like if I think a kind thing, because I don't think we hear it enough, like in general. No, we definitely don't, especially if you're a lady on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. And it's like. It's hard, too, in the comedy community, I think, because not only are the guys just, like, ravenous wolves half the time. Like, I've blocked hundreds of men on Facebook. Um, yeah. But women can get competitive, and so it's just, it gets messy sometimes. It definitely does. And then there's also the f- whole phenomenon of, like, I got to prove I'm better, so I got to tag this lady's joke. Because this is my turf, like that whole thing. Oh, you mean like give a tag to a female comedian, like a man doing that? Yeah, like just a woman will put a joke out and then Mm -hmm. there will be like 50 (laughs) guys trying to one-up her joke. Yeah, yeah. Basically at this point, I have I delete all the shitty tags that random guys give me on my jokes or just comments explaining my joke to me. Oh my Um, God, yes. (laughs) I've deleted them so much that now it's sort of like they don't, comment them anymore it's sort of like you pluck the hairs between your eyebrows long enough and they stop growing there that's me with men giving me unwanted tags for my jokes that's perfect just like delete 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 but yeah i why do they explain your joke to you like you don't know it i don't i i really think that i think i think they assume that we don't understand (laughs) why we're funny we're like seals doing tricks (laughs) to them (laughs) Do you you must get a lot of that because like I said in the intro where I fanned out, um, I feel like your stuff is always so bright and hilarious and Aww. just like it's always on point. I always tell Alex, Alex Fear, your writing partner, who is also like my friend, <laughs> we have a crazy relationship, <laughs> but um, I always tell him how you're my favorite like tweeter. Oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> do you do you get a lot of like weird comments from guys online? I you, do. you put all your stuff out there, all I, your business out there. I put so much out there. Like, I do a lot of jokes about, like, mental illness and sex and all that stuff um, and therapy. And um, I, get a, I get a lot of weirdness. I also get a lot of cool, like, people reaching out to me, like, friends reaching out to me and wanting to, like, like, I guess talk about stuff in their lives which is actually I kind of I really appreciate that like when a friend reaches out and is like I'm struggling with this too like it's cool to see someone else doing it totally that, the, the internet totally that part of like it. broke me open in the best way 
because um, I never had therapy growing up. My family didn't believe in feelings. They just had anger all the time. <laughs> lots and lots of rage. Um, I love that people who don't believe in feelings <laughs> don't do, know that don't. anger is a feeling. It's, it's, it's all the bottling up of all the feelings that they're not allowed to experience and they haven't allowed themselves to experience. So the internet and connecting with other women through the internet um, really opened me up because I thought I was just so crazy and alone for having the thoughts I'd have or just being so frustrated with sexual harassment and the patriarchy. And then suddenly I was meeting other women who felt the same way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. me too. It's amazing. I'm, I met someone at a party last night that we like we talked about this for ages and we just knew each other over Twitter. Oh, really? Yeah. Dude, I met some of my like coolest friends through Twitter because there was a period of time where I was isolating and I was drinking a lot and I was just so severely depressed. But I was on Twitter all the time, yeah. for better or worse. Um, definitely deleted some tweets there. But <laughs> I made a lot of good friends. It was like we read each other's diary in a way. Yeah. Yeah, it is in a weird way. I, I, I met like several people this week that I just knew through Twitter and it's That's actually awesome. been great. Dude, a couple of years ago, I used to go to tweet ups, which were just like our Internet click of tweet friends. <laughs> like there, there'd be people from the East Coast visiting and we'd all go to this one restaurant. But it was rad. I felt like I had this whole other community that understood me actually better than like stand up comedians because um, I moved to L.A. for stand up. But I, I think I have really found my place in comedy writing. Yeah. Same here. That's, I mean, I'm from here, but I moved back for stand-up, and it's, it's exactly the same. Really? Because I know you moved to New York for a while with your then-boyfriend, and yeah. you moved back to L.A. for stand-up? I didn't know that. Well, I moved back at first for stand-up after college, and then moved with him, which don't do that. No reason to ever really? move across the country for another person. Well, no, that's really? not true. That's not true. How They're, long? You were there okay. for like a year? Yeah, if the other person gets a job at SNL, you leave them. That's oh. the that's the answer. <laughs> Is that what happened? Yeah. Oh, crazy. It's a very stressful job that barely anyone can maintain a relationship through. Um, oh, is that what happened? I wondered. I remember you were always talking about your relationship. Yeah, actually, I was gonna. I, ask I feel you. bad, like that. I, I just, I'm so overexposed that whoever like is with me has to deal with that. Oh my god, I think about that all the time with my boyfriend because. You know, it's like he sort of grins and bears it. He's a very nice person. <laughs> um, but I, I feel like I embarrass him. Like the other day I made some stupid joke about how I let him come on my face after picking up my dog's shit. <laughs> like, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> we're just, yeah, they're, they're, here we are. And he was just like, my brother's going to read that. <laughs> his brother's the kind of person that would tell their parents what kinds of things I'm saying online. Oh, so, no. You know, it's tricky. It's tricky because I, as being a single person, I was doing comedy single for the first, like, five years of it. Yeah. Um, I got used to saying what I wanted, really putting my business out there and not caring about the consequences because it wasn't affecting other people in my life. I wasn't calling people out. But everyone can see who I'm dating and I definitely yeah. talk about him a lot. <laughs> Did your boyfriend think that was weird or he's a comedian too, so. He was, it's not his style of comedy, but he got it. So it was it was actually pretty cool. Like he's more of like a political private person. But mm. I actually think if he got more vulnerable on top of that, uh, he would be just it, he's good now. Uh, he would mm. be incredible. Um, but it's just I don't know. It's different styles. Um, and he we respected each other's styles. It was cool. Yeah. Um, I remember you writing a lot about how you were in an open relationship with him. Yeah. Um, are you still 
would you still want to date someone being in an open relationship? I think it depends on the relationship. Um, I'm not like the kind of person who always needs to be open or always needs mm. to be closed. I think it depends on our dynamic because everyone's dynamic is so different. And I think I would have to like be with the person for a while exclusively just so that I could gain that level of trust. And then because I was the one who opened it up. Um, really? Yeah. So you asked him. I asked him. And um, it was because we'd like garnered this level of trust to where we knew like we weren't intimidated by other people in terms of emotional connection or anything like that. That's so that fucking was... amazing. I've always admired that so much because I'm a jealous bitch. Like, <laughs> I am so insecure. I don't know how people do it. And I used to put it down. But now I've had so many amazing conversations with like even just guys at the strip club about their open relationship, their open marriage. And I see that it comes from a place of security and of true, deep love. And not everyone's... I'm not comfortable with that because I'm way too insecure. But I'm doing work to be more secure. And I'm starting to kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel where it's like, oh, yeah, we love the fuck out of each other. Like, so what if we have a flirtation? You know, that's like a normal human thing. And it's like, we'd never hurt each other, you know? But yeah, it has to be build this big trust that I never knew how to build with a person. It's hard. And it's it's not something I ever expected to build either, because I grew up with parents trying to get inside my head all the freaking time. Like, Really? Yeah. You always say how you have um two therapist parents. Yeah. yeah wow. it's like I don't know how to. I, I'm 29. Like I should be over my parent shit. But I'm no, still no, I'm still processing all of it. And um, I feel like I, and I'm 28, about to be 29 in like two months. And I'm just diving into all of it because I just yeah. started therapy along with some other um, kind of group therapy things as well. Just starting to like work through it. Same here. And it's it's weird. It's it's I don't think that there's I don't think it's possible to not fuck up your kid. <laughs> no, I don't. I've definitely come to that conclusion. It's just not yeah. possible. You're gonna fuck up your kid. Mm -hmm. If you're loving, if you're hate hateful, like, yeah, it's, it's and some kids come out of like some really good people come out of really awful situations. Oh, yeah. And some really horrible people come out of really lovely homes. Like, you don't know. Yeah. There's you have a number no idea. of factors. How was that having therapists as parents? My parents were the exact opposite of talking about feelings. Was that too much? It was. It was definitely too much. It was definitely like they they ask a lot of questions the way I, I realized later. Oh, they were trying to show empathy. They weren't oh. they weren't trying to, like, get inside my head and control me. They were this was their way of showing empathy. But it was just so not the way a parent usually shows empathy. Kind of invasive. Like, it was kind of invasive. So yeah. I, I'm only just now learning that this was their way of saying, like, we're here for you. And I gotcha. just took it as, we need you to change now. <laughs> I know, because, like, I see a lot of your jokes are about your neuroses and mental health problems. It's kind of ironic that you had two therapists as parents, and then, like, now you're working through a lot of issues yeah um, what kind of things do you struggle with like what's really um anxiety panic yeah. disorder and Me depression too. And Me too. 
I think it's all genetic, and I think they have that too, and I think that's why they're therapists. Exactly. A lot of therapists have their own shit, which is why they, a lot of people I know in recovery have become therapists. Yeah. Because they were able to work through a lot of their pain and trauma and mental issues, and then they want to help others. Yeah. So. And it's the best way to do that. Like, it, the best way to take focus off your own problems is to yeah. just, like, throw <laughs> it onto someone else's. Absolutely. It's perfect. Absolutely. Um, I have anxiety as well, and I know you... I always reference your jokes because I read them so often. Um, but you were talking about having panic attacks. Do you have those to this day or is that a thing of your past? That's a thing that was of my past until last Sunday. Really? <laughs> um, and then or last week I had I, I had two. I had just moved and I had come out of like a two year celibacy and wow. like. The, a bunch of different things combined, and I was panicking about money, and I had to go to my cousin's Orthodox wedding. Oh, which that's is right, a special that's kind right. of hell. What, what's that like? I know you were texting me about it. It was oh my god. Um, well, she's allowed to hug me because she's a woman, but her brother mm. is not, and I'm always like, "You're making it sexual." What? You're, we're cousins. I'm not like. You're not allowed to hug women. I am a, I am your cousin. I am should not be a woman to you in that way. Yeah, I know, you know? that there's like you have issues with being hugged. Yeah, it's I yeah. get I I get um I love being hugged, but sometimes at first I jump up and like mm-hmm. I I just I I joke about that cuz I want people to know it's not personal. Um I I love hugging my friends, but sometimes I flinch cuz that's just my instinct and then I'm fine. Yeah, me too. I it's not for hugs, but I'm very jumpy. Like, if even if my dog like accidentally runs into my leg, like my leg always twitches. Like, I just I'm very jumpy. I notice like my brothers are the same way, but that's because we grew up with very rage raging parents. It was a really you're always walking on eggshells, and everything's a fucking trigger in that. Yeah, like raging parents, emotionally abuse, like extremely emotionally abusive, and like everything can be a trigger at that point. And it's taken me so many years to get comfortable with. Even hugging other people was an issue for a long time, just touching other people. Um, sexual intimacy was, like, a big thing. Like, I was getting real drunk for a few years just to – and fucking everyone to kind of, like, break through this wall of, I guess, a fear of intimacy, which then I had to actually address when I got sober that, oh, I need to, like, process through this. But I get the same way, and I've definitely had my fair share of panic attacks. Um, the last one I had was, let's say, about a year and a half ago. It was, like, early sobriety. I fucking had to pull my car over to the side of the road. It was the most severe one I had. Like, my arms actually went numb, and I had to get out of the car, and it was, like, sit on... It was the middle of the night, and I was, like, sitting on the sidewalk sobbing for, like, two hours. Like, it was crazy. Oh, damn. That was severe. Well, I was, you know, in in early sobriety, everything's so new, too, and all the feelings are very shocking, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I still have extreme anxiety. Well, no, my anxiety is lightened. I meditate a lot. Do you ever meditate? Okay. Is that a thing? Um, I do, but then there are a lot of, like, not actual hallucinations, but voices in my head that tell me how terrible I am. Totally. <laughs> and uh, it's hard to push them out. It's hard to, like, mm-hmm. push out the, hey, you have shifty Jew eyes, and that's why no one wants you to audition for stuff. And, <laughs> like, all the all the little things that I think about myself that no one else thinks. I don't yeah. think... I have a raptor jaw and I can't talk to people. <laughs> Whenever I see your like, your Instagram like captions, I laugh so hard because it's always some crazy self-deprecating shit. When you're beautiful, you have an amazing jawline. That's something that like a lot of people want, you know? 
But my meditations get so like I feel more crazy doing them than half the time I do when the when the crazy thoughts actually go through my head because I'm like sometimes screaming in my head. You're perfect. You're beautiful. You have nothing to lose. Like it's just like I scream (laughs) these things as I meditate in my head. But it's weird because it's actually sort of like brainwashed me to believe them after over time. That's awesome. It's amazing. It's taken like two years, but it's pretty awesome. That is awesome. I got to I gotta start trying this. Every time I yeah. start meditating, I'll do it for about a week and then fall off. Um, yeah. But- I, I feel like half the time I'm not even meditating. I'm really just like letting my brain th- like go off into wanderland, which like is not meditating at all. But <laughs> I try. I try my best. Um, so wh- I know you're a writer. You've been writing for all these different publications. Like what are you working on right now? Um, right now I'm writing a book called, uh, Never Sleep Again, Ensuring Your Child's Happiness by Sacrificing Literally Everything. (laughs) I love it. I can't wait to read it. Oh, I'm excited. It's for the Devastator. It comes out spring or summer of next year. And I'm, I think today I will finally be done with the first draft, which. Amazing. Today or tomorrow. How's Um, that going? Uh, well, we just reformatted it, and I was like, oh, good, finally, I have 100 pages. And then they reformatted the Google Doc, and now I have 62. Whoa. So now I'm like, oh, That's... shit, is this enough? That's heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's written by this um, psychologist character, Dr. Andrea Winger, who thinks you should be just the worst helicopter parent ever, just obsessive. Have the sex talk What's with a helicopter them every night. Pr- parent? Um, a helicopter parent is a parent that never lets their kid be free, basically, that okay. that obsesses over every little thing that the kid does. You know, like the... Just hovers. Just yeah, hovers just the hovers. Child. The kind okay. of mom that reads goop. Oh, yeah. That's... The Gwyneth Paltrow thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I it... definitely didn't have that mom. My mom's the opposite. She's like, do your own thing. you <laughs> like... No, but she it's crazy because my mom was just so like overprotective and abusive at the same time. It was like, you're I'm the only person that can hurt you. She's like <laughs> so crazy, dude. But oh, man. my mom's definitely not a helicopter. I'm the only person that can hurt you would actually be a great slogan for this character. <laughs> Brit, take it. Take it from my mom. She could be your, your co-author. It's been a lot of fun. I'm advising parents don't sleep for 18 years and uh, don't have sex for 18 years. Like all good parents. Yeah, my parents uh, didn't let me have sex for 18 years. They were like, they just like, they'd ground me for no reason and just like not let me the house. Oh, that's such a, that's such a girl thing that like girls get punished for stuff that, that both people do do or if they're lesbians then just girls but yeah (laughs) like that's such a that's such a girl thing like it it's it's really insane I know I know my parents were like therapists so they learned all about Mm. I I watched their discomfort because they learned all about sex positivity and all of that and and they knew that I was really like going down into some like dark places and they knew they couldn't they just had to be there because the second they condemned it, the second they like started condemning sex in general, that would have fucked me up more than just letting yeah. me make a couple mistakes and move on. Girl, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I grew up in this little town in Oregon and it was severely religious and I 
don't say that lightly. There's just like every church from Jehovah's Witness to Mormons to Catholics, evangelicals and like Russian Orthodox were the main ones. But it was a little town and everyone was super conservative in whatever church they were in. And sex was just a big no-no. There was no sex education. Oh, man. It was crazy, dude. And like my... Obviously, it's sort of like I had to like swing the whole other way and become a stripper and was a sex addict for a hot minute because I was it was so blocked off for me. I was like a chronic masturbator from like childhood, you know, when you don't even know what you're doing. Yeah, me too. I would like leave class. (laughs) Really? I I would leave class and like get into the bathroom stall. (laughs) Really? (laughs) What age was this? Uh, High school. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's just kind of like even I remember in like the fourth grade I'd like have my hand between my legs and my teacher like looked at me really weirdly but I just kept pressing really hard (laughs) it was like it was my first form of relief for a long time like it was like the pause button on my anxiety for a while there yeah and I think a lot of boys do that and no one gives a shit yeah and then all, all of a sudden you're a girl like that and it's like a big deal Yeah, I had two brothers. I was the middle. And I remember, like, just when things changed, like, it was the teenage years. And I always took baths in the bathroom that my brothers and I shared. And I filled the tub with water. And I'm like, what is this shit floating about in the water? (laughs) And it was, like, definitely jizz, like, looking back. And I had, like, a sneaking suspicion. But because that stuff was so off topic, like, we didn't go there, you know, in our family. We don't talk about anything, let alone sexual stuff, like... But it was there, and I was just like, I need to drain the bathtub. I, didn't, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it was so gross. Oh, God. My but family yeah. was the exact opposite, like, to the point where it's uncomfortable. Like, Oh, God. When I, I remember once breaking up with someone and my parents asking if I was sexually fulfilled. And that was like, <laughs> oh, God, please don't. It's, it's don't. almost, like, just as bad Yeah, to be cool about it. I'm, I'm glad that I can, like, talk to them about this stuff in general terms. Please, let's not talk about this in personal yeah. terms ever, <laughs> ever, ever. Do you see your parents a lot these days? I do. Um, they live in L.A., so That's right. we yeah. have... Uh, family gatherings and stuff my brother lives in san francisco so it's a one-hour flight um cool and cool. it's yeah we, we we went to my cousin's wedding we're going to we're going on a, a trip for thanksgiving so you were saying you had a very uncomfortable hug and that led to a little panic attack yeah well no uh what what happens that's my cousin won't oh, hug okay. me and um that makes me super sad uh, cause just cause he's a man and I'm a woman. Oh, and, oh, cause yeah. of the orthodox thing. I'm yeah. so sorry. Oh I no, totally no, no. We jumped from topic thing. to topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no. I misconstrued what you said earlier. No, but I had a panic attack because I had I had physical problems at the wedding and I had trouble getting up. Um, out of for some reason I got really dizzy. I fell down. I got a bunch of blood tests this week. I'll figure out what it is eventually, someday. I don't know. Did you faint? I, I got very close to fainting a couple times and I couldn't like I was just too dizzy to get up on my own. And then at one point I realized I'm sitting here surrounded by orthodox men and I have to go to the bathroom and I can't walk and no one is going to help me because none of these men will touch me. Oh, that's right. That's a rule. I, I yeah. didn't know that for a long time, actually, until I moved to L.A. And met so many Jewish people. My boyfriend's Jewish, obviously not Orthodox. Yeah. But I had my best friend um, was actually before she moved to New York to do stand up out there, and 
she converted to Judaism and she just had such a thing for Jewish guys and Orthodox. She loved, I think, how off limits they were. And she was <laughs> a sex addict like me. And she would just try her best to like seduce anyone in that realm of life. But she'd tell me about these crazy rules. Yeah. And I, I didn't know any of that before that Orthodox um, Jewish men weren't allowed to like touch women or not sit in the on the same flight or something isn't yeah they're not allowed to sit next to you on the subway and when i was living in Mm. new york i lived in a community full of them and it's weird they're not allowed to sit next to you on the subway but they will watch porn on their phones on the subway because they're so repressed they can't do it at home whoa did you see that i saw that i saw (sighs) twice one time some like super hardcore shit too Whoa. Well, of course it's super hardcore. Anything that you repress long enough will turn yeah. so crazy. That was me and my own sexuality. I was hypersexual from a young age and just like that was my means of release. And I'd watch Britney Spears videos and I think it all internalized and I became a fucking stripper. That's fine. I love it. Mm-hmm. But it was so pushed down for so long. I didn't even like have sex till I was 19 with my first boyfriend. Um. Oh, yeah. And speaking of the Jewish Orthodox guys, I saw one guy come into my strip club one time. Oh, wow. Like, he came in and he was, like, looking around. Like, it was early in the night. There's, like, no one there. Yeah. And he, he like, was in all the garb, looked around, like, does it, will anyone recognize me kind of thing? And he yeah. sat in a corner booth for about 10, 15 minutes, then bolted out the door. It was like he knew he was doing something so wrong. And I was like, this is crazy. I've never <laughs> seen this happen before. Oh, damn. But isn't that crazy? Like, anything you push down is just going to, like, become very ugly and heinous later on. Oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's I, I, I learned that like a couple months ago because I just stopped having sex after I broke up with my ex. OK, so. And then, like, OK. Yeah. And I thought like this will take care of it. Like this will help me focus on me. And it kind of did. I kind of got a chance to like get some comedy stuff established. Mm-hmm. And that was great. But now there's this whole set of problems I stopped. I didn't address until this these past few months that I have to like deal with now. Yeah, because you can't just if if you want something to be a part of your life, you can't just push it out completely like and be, expect to be okay when you come back. A friend called it sexual anorexia. Yeah, and I definitely have done that before, and. When I got sober two years ago, I had gone so far out of control with, like, drugs, alcohol, and sex addiction, everything. And it was all intertwined. Like, I'd have the drink, and then I'd Tinder. I'd go to the bar, find a dude. It's, it was always in the drugs, and it was just always wrapped together. So I was so kind of traumatized from years of that insanity that when I got sober, I was like, I'm not going to have sex anymore. That didn't last long, but I definitely, <laughs> I slowed down my first year um, sober. And the sex I did have sober, I was so uncomfortable with. I was like, so much anxiety. I even hooked up with a guy that I used to hook up with drunk all the time. And I couldn't do it. I ended up blowing him and setting him on his way. <laughs> I was like, you can't enter me. Just my mouth. That doesn't, that doesn't count. That's nothing. Um, yeah, there's just so much there to deal with. But we're going to go to a break and we'll catch up afterwards. Awesome. Hi, it's Casey Coop, and we're back on Casey's Freak Show podcast at Meltdown Comics Studios at 7522 Sunset Boulevard. Come check them out, please. They're the best. And I'm here with Hannah Michaels, who is a brilliant writer, and I wanted to bring up some of my uh, favorite articles by you, and I've read so many. Um, What do you think about the outspoken male feminist on the internet, or 
as you like to call them, the super woke <laughs> internet bros. Oh God, that was that that was uh, my most popular Hard Times article. Is outspoken male feminist clearly hiding something? Oh my God, I nearly cried reading the fucking title of that. It hit home. It's it's so oh God. It's like guys have found a new way to be shitty <laughs> to be creepy i know shit and get away with it Easily. oh my gosh okay you know how you always hear like that those very famous serial killers oh they were so charming in yeah. person i would like to argue that because i meet a lot of men who i can tell have very dark ulterior motives that people really like i'm yeah. like no it's obvious you guys or maybe it is to me but i'm like these creeps masquerade around with this facade that they're the good guy and they really shove it up your fucking nostrils and your yeah. face. Yeah. And that's how you know when they need you to know. That's how you know that they're hiding something. Mm-hmm. Because the good guys in my life, um, do you know Drew Yonda through Twitter or anything? A little bit, yeah. I um, mean, I've never met him. I just know him through that. He's like a great friend of mine. He used to do stand-up out here in LA. He lives in Minnesota now, but he's someone that I would describe as a genuinely good person and a good feminist but he would never say that yeah he would never i mean he would call himself a feminist but not make it a label or make a post about it yeah my boyfriend's a very kind and empathetic and good person he'd never go about making announcements about that yeah you know like that's how you know (laughs) it's like exactly how you know I feel like you and I also interact with a lot of the same people online because of our styles of humor being similar that we see those same guys kind of comment and like all of our statuses. Maybe they slide in the DMs for yeah. you. Does that happen? Sometimes. And sometimes it's like, I think sometimes, I think people like us will probably notice it more because um, we put ourselves out there so much that like it makes them feel a little more comfortable to be more themselves. That and makes sense. Yeah. I'm, I'm very then, open. And even before I was in a relationship, I was open about all the sex I was having and getting a lot of direct messages yeah. that I never responded yeah. to. Yeah. I've been I've been like exploring issues of like being attracted to narcissists and bad people through jokes lately. Yeah. And I've so seen a lot of many, your statuses about that. And so many dudes are jumping on that and I'm like you just outed yourself as a narcissist <laughs> and a bad person. I know. It was it's so crazy. It's crazy how my likes and faves and retweets from single dudes and straight guys have cut in half since getting in a relationship maybe even (laughs) less because all my jokes before were about how I was sleeping around or a lot of them what we've talked about kind of through the internet is a lot of my statuses were about my insecurities um, self-deprecating my depression anxieties just generally how much I hated myself and the guy's flocked to that yeah they love it when you're down they love it when you're sad they love it when you hate yourself because why because then they can control you yeah yeah and they see that as a level they also kind of hate them the guys who do that kind of hate themselves and see that as a level of attainability for sure Mm. it's like seeing a model inside a taco bell it's like they just know (laughs) they're like i can control that yeah Yeah, so are you attracted to guys who'd say are kind of shitty i i'm I had a phone call with my mom this week where I was like, hey, mom, I think I'm attracted to narcissists. And she goes, oh, sweetie, every woman in our family is attracted to narcissists. 
This is the first time you've taken after me. <laughs> wow. Would you say your dad's in any way a narcissist? He's not like the classic, like, braggadocious, like, he doesn't have NPD. He's not like a Trump. He's not like the classic narcissist. But yeah, he has those tendencies and my mom does too. And so do I. And so does my brother, probably. Maybe less. But we all have that in us. Um, and But would you say that's just a human trait or something more genetic? within your family or some families? I think it's it's partly genetic and partly kind of encouraged by therapy um, and culture of therapy in that totally. if you if you misuse therapy, you can use it to be very self-indulgent. Absolutely. And, we were just yeah. talking on the break kind of about that, um, how back when I was in my drinking and my crazy addiction lifestyle, I'd post a lot of posts that would get like a hundred and more likes, essentially making myself out to be a victim. And that doesn't mean I haven't been through some traumatic shit in my life and whatnot, but it encouraged me to stay in the victimization because I got a lot of validation there. Me too. For being the sad yeah. girl and, you know, like, oh, I've been through so much. And it's like, I also in my everyday life have known people that have gone through I would say worse and harder struggles than I have who've come out on the other side and don't complain and don't pay themselves to be a victim and would rather just enjoy their life than kind of dwell on the past. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm trying to get to now instead of just like being wallowing in that space. Um, I don't know. It, it At the same time, if I, I posted a joke that was, um, uh, I don't know who the Zodiac Killer is. I just know I've had sex with him. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of creepy pale dudes in glasses <laughs> who liked that post. I have a list somewhere of creepy pale dudes in glasses who liked you that should. post. You should because they're predatory. Dude, you're, I quoted your joke the other day, which was, I've definitely stopped a school shooting with my pussy or something. Yeah, something. Like something. I was like, wow, that's so hilarious. And it's so on point. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it was. I'm not saying I have bad taste of men, but I've definitely prevented a school shooting. Oh, my God. That was the like, fucking greatest joke. And then also another uh, one that blew my mind was recently you wrote about how you're keeping track of how many guys on Facebook like all your daddy issues jokes yeah write? oh my god so many older men will like love it when and i'm i'm not that young but like older than me men will love it when i talk about having like trouble with and i don't really we get along great but he's a public figure and sometimes people treat me weird or they tell me it's Something I've been dealing with lately is people tell me they want to fuck my dad. Whoa, really? I don't want to know Ew, that. That would disturb me. It's very really greatly. gross. I don't want to know Why that. Why are people telling you that? Because he's he's getting on. His partner was on um, Mark Maron. So a lot of comics got introduced to his book through that. And it's like geared towards creative people. So a lot of comics just like know his book and they'll see him in interviews and stuff. And I guess they want to have sex with my dad. God, it's like you can't get away from like your family and everything surrounding it being very too much. No, I, I really can't. I can't. And then I'll bring sometimes I'll bring a guy home and they'll look at my like, hey, when they look at your mom and they're like, that's what you're going to turn into. Oh, and God. They'll it's be so like, heartbreaking. Yeah. And there's like my mom's kind of picked up her drinking again the last 10 years. She was sort of like a dry drunk my whole life. Um, and she started drinking again the last 10 years. And she looked really great up until about 
10 years ago and my boyfriend and I were FaceTiming with her and I I don't know I feel like there there is that judgment there is but it's like and yeah it's I'll so... look like that if I drink heavily all the time for 20 more years you know but she used to look great and it's so like even if that that's such a weird gross thing to do like yeah. why why are you doing that and I I I get it my mom has a nice figure i don't know oh my gosh i don't want to i don't want to hear about it it seems like a lot of my jewish friends in la have very complicated and close relationships with their families yeah i've heard so much about there's a lot of like there's a lot of closeness which is great in a lot of ways and weird in a lot of ways and i think alex and i grew up similarly and we have this zine coming out oh alex fear yeah he's an amazing writer and just hilarious. I love writing with him so much. I love that you guys write together because I've I've been I've hung out with him a million times that I've never hung out with you before. So I've always just like fanned out to him about you, and he's like, "You should tell her that." Yeah. What are you guys writing a zine about? We have a zine coming out in, in December called "Mom Presents." I think these guys are hot stuff, and it's Ooh, like, yeah. We were like, um, we were we were like thinking. Everyone, everyone's done all the Jewish mom jokes, right? Wait, no, not all the Jewish mom jokes. And so we wrote like a newsletter from a mom to her adult daughter about all the middle-aged men she wants to fuck. And oh, oh my God. Because that's a thing. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's... um. There isn't, there's a lot of Jewish guilt and shame, but it's, unless you're Orthodox, it's not about sex. So there's a lot of openness there. Which That's what is I've noticed. Great, but also super uncomfortable when it's your parents talking about who they want to fuck. Oh my god, that's amazing. Are Alex's? I know his parents are Russian yeah. and Jewish. Are they like that? Very open. I think so. I don't think as open as mine. It's and I kind of we kind of base it off my my paternal grandmother who was like straight up to like straight up psycho. Like the movie Psycho, mom. Oh, really? Oh, God. Was it your mom's mom? My dad's mom. Um, was she just super abusive or just unwell? super, just super like um, possessive of him in like a, in like an inappropriate way? Yeah. Never, never like physically abused or anything like that. Just verbally very gross. I've um, actually, oh, I forget his name. Why am I blanking? But someone was telling me, and it's a guy who hosts a very hugely famous um, mental health podcast, was telling me about there is a name for that. And it's, um, I'm totally blanking on it, but he gave me a book about it. And it's basically kind of like, um, like a, it can be a parent basically sexually abusing their child. And that could be a mom or a dad to their son or a daughter. Um, but not in a physical way, but basically there's like a mental control there. Yeah. And really inappropriate interactions. Like um, the guy was telling me that his own mom like randomly gave him a bath at age 13 when he had a boner. Oh, no. And stuff like that. And yeah. it's it really opened my eyes that there's like another world of that. Yeah. With a weird possessiveness. People make a lot of jokes about girls with daddy issues, but there's also mothers yeah. who um, I think just kind of suffocate their sons with like it's it's like oh totally. with, with what romantic thing is lacking in their life 
Definitely. And I'm really, actually really proud of my dad for breaking all of those cycles. That's fucking amazing for your um, dad. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm really proud of it. One time she took him on a mock date to teach him how to spur the advances of an older woman. Like, that was her Wow, he gross. did. Yeah, I can see how he became a therapist. Yeah. Had a lot to work through. <laughs> yeah. Totally. And the guy who hosts this ginormous mental health podcast went through that himself. Yeah, it's really dark, dude. Like, people talk about girls with daddy issues, but there's some mommy issues yeah. out there that I. Oh, yeah. That and really also, affects dudes. And also, I really resent that. Okay, if this says a lot about certain dudes' psychology, that if a woman just likes expressing herself sexually, it's because of her father. Because of her father. What the. F- I know. I have a great dad. I have an amazing dad and a good relationship with him, and I'm a stripper, and it has nothing to do with him. No. No, and it's not a bad thing to express yourself that way. Like, it's... No. Also, just like you were saying about how older guys like your posts about daddy issues stuff. Yeah. I remember when I was in, like, all my sex addiction and all my... Well, basically, there was a time when all my posts were about, like, fucking and the gross stuff I was doing. You just consistently see who the perverts are. Yeah, you do. And even the ones in comedy who put up this big front on being the good guys. Yeah. They're the ones who are into that shit the most. They are. And leverage it to as a diving board to bounce into those DMs. And, they do. And, and be like, oh, it's funny status. Ha <laughs> ha. Wink, wink. You know, it's always those guys who, like, really, like, every tweet is like... I'm I'm a male feminist. Yep. They're really the biggest monsters. And when we look at the Bill Cosby situation and all that, well, I see a a bunch of those around me. Yeah. You know, in comedy. And there's a reason Bill Cosby was so moralistic. Yep. He was. He was like, black men must not sag their pants. Yeah. Or curse. Yeah. Totally. It's a big front. You're hiding something. Yeah. Um, You also wrote another article that was rad, uh, very relatable, about how men are so afraid of the word date or dating. Oh, yeah. Oh, Can you yeah. speak to that? Did you have your own experiences with that? Yes, that was uh, for McSweeney's recently. And um, amazing. Hi, comedy writer dude who knows who you are. Um, <laughs> oh, is there only one? God, I've met like no, so there many are so guys no, like there that, are so yeah. many. But that was just that was just the one that inspired the article. Yes. And I told him and he laughed about it. It was fine. Um, but no, it's that's and I feel like that's a generational thing. It is. It's our whole generation right yeah. now because our, our parents are like, why don't you take a girl on a date? I took your mom on a date and they're not afraid of the word. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's something about the word that that makes and date doesn't mean exclusive. It doesn't mean no. relationship. It just means date. It's so a, if you're afraid event. to say that. Yeah. <laughs> then there's something really going on. Guys are so afraid of it. One time, this male comic who I was in love with for years, I just admired him from afar. Um, he invited me to go get lunch because he was writing a script about how his character is going to date a stripper. And mind you, this guy is just taking off in comedy right now and could very well get a pilot off the ground. And this was a year and a half ago and I was like sure yeah I'll help you with your script and a part of me did want to date with him because I was like in love with him but part of me was like oh is he just casting me as like a role like essentially like the manic pixie dream girl that's a stripper no and it was the most awkward lunch ever because I didn't know if it was a date and he had his own reservations about it it was so unclear what the situation was was I advising him on his script and also really are you gonna like 
pigeonhole me as the manic pixie dream girl again that oh, and, and in a way that's so demeaning like but you're the stripper with the heart of gold that saves his life you know like fuck you oh fuck that that was so uncomfortable i okay i am so sick of dudes treating female artists like muses Oh, God, I know. <laughs> Me too. Because we're not allowed to express ourselves the same way no. and deliver truths the same way without being some element of their boner fantasy. Yeah. No, we're we're creating art. We don't want to. Ins- I mean, it's fine mm-hmm. if, if, if we inspire it, but that's not what we're here for. No. That's not what women are in your life for. We're people. Yeah. It's- and I feel like some of the women on the, well, a lot of the women on the Internet are just so much funnier than male comics I know. It's like almost like we have to be that. And I think because in real life, we're just talked over a lot in conversation with dudes that we kind of internalize all these funny thoughts and then just put them online. Yeah. Yes. Have you ever had the experience? This happened to me a lot growing up where I'd say the joke in school. Maybe I'd mutter it kind of quietly. And a guy sitting next to me would repeat it louder. And he wouldn't even (laughs) look at me. He wouldn't even acknowledge that I just said that. And and then everyone would laugh. Oh, hey. God. Literally all the fucking time. Oh, my God. All the fucking time. Uh, Did they ever acknowledge you? They never never, acknowledged me. Never. Yeah. So the internet's given us this way to be just on the same level as them, like just as loud as them. Yes. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. I know you've said like guys always treat you like they're manic inspiration. You're so sick of it because you know you'll let them down. Yeah. You. There's no way. There's no way to not uh, let a guy down if they start using you as a vessel for the solution to all of their problems. And women mm. do this too. A lot of people do this, but men have a lot of pop culture in which men do this. So I think they're more susceptible to it because there's a lot of stuff out there where female characters aren't real characters. They're just vehicles for the story. Yeah. So it's, um, I think guys are probably more susceptible just because they grew up with that. That's true. It's like a, an image of the quirky, different, yeah. special girl. That, exactly. That they're then manif- or they're just like idealizing you as, because I can tell when a guy has that weird fucking starry-eyed look in his eyes when he looks at me and he's never talked to me before, yeah. I can see it across the room. I can see it across the fucking coffee shop when he stares at me for an hour. Like, it really, <laughs> I saw you post about yeah, that. Yeah, oh my fuck. There's like this little <laughs> tiny coffee shop near my house I always write at. It's perfect to write at. I like the music they play. I like how small it is. They know my name. But almost every time I go and write there... It's also in the middle of all these acting studios and musicians or bands recording studios around there. So there's a lot of, uh, and also dance studios. So there's just a lot of artists in and out. And they just, they're just so smarmy. They don't know they are, but they just like look at you across the room. And finally, sometimes they work up the courage to say something about my tattoo or about my shoes or whatever. And I just, and it's hard to focus on your writing when you're just like, God, how am I going to awkwardly reject yeah. this guy right now? <laughs> and I also I also like morally refuse to say I have a boyfriend. It's no yeah. secret I have a boyfriend. I just don't want to use that as a rejection tool because another yeah. man's ownership of me or supposed ownership of me is not why I'm not going to be with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And sometimes that's the only way to get a guy to stop. And it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Because that's it has nothing. It should have to do with your own decision, completely not with another man. And sometimes that's just the only way to get a guy to stop is to mm-hmm. be like, 
someone else's property. Hey. Yeah. It's, it's so fucked up. It's so fucked up. It's so annoying. It's, and obviously, I'm not secretive about my relationship. Like, every other of my posts on Instagram is my boyfriend. And even that, it's frustrating because you lose a bunch of followers. And you just... I've, I've really started to see this last year in dating a guy how fickle my comedy friendships with men really are yeah <laughs> like which ones are actually true and there's only a handful of them um let alone i think some people just follow unfollowed me because i'm happy now and i think they like to sort of brand you like they loved when i was the sad sexual girl you know that's yeah. very likable for some reason on the internet yeah um but then you become a whole person and a happier person and people are like i'm not with it anymore oh i'm not looking forward to that yeah <laughs> <laughs> But you're so happy. It's like you don't care as much. You're like, whatever. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's weird. It's 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 also weird how like you end up cultivating a persona based on venting. Yeah. So oh, my God. Yes. That's a very small part of you. And then that's like everything people know is just when you're venting. Yeah, because half the time these days I feel very grateful for my life and all the blessings in it. And then sometimes I want to go and write a Facebook status about it. And I'm like, oh, but Casey, you didn't make this funny in some way. So don't write it. Yeah. Like, but then I'm also robbing other people of seeing me as a whole person. Yeah. And I want them to see me as a whole person because I don't want to just be the muse of their weird boner fantasies. Yeah. No, I don't like some guy who grew up watching Daria. Like, <laughs> I don't I don't want to be that it's depression is not fun to be in a relationship with and it's not fun to have and if you romanticize it you're gonna hate me in two months and you're gonna totally. be like why is my dick not curing your depression totally you know what ended up happening with my college boyfriend like what when i was in college six years ago we dated for most of college and we almost never had sex um i was super depressed and anxious i'd have a lot of breakdowns panic attacks uh just fits um and I was drunk a lot and he had to really pick me up a lot of the time. And he functioned as my babysitter. So if you are looking at a girl who's mentally unwell and that's what you want, then be prepared for no sex um, to take her to the hospital all the time to bail her out of situations. You know, like that's that was not healthy because I was not healthy. Yeah. And so if a guy is or is attracted to a girl who he thinks he can control well, good luck with the panic attacks and the breakdowns and the suicide attempts, you know? Yeah. And the fucking overdoses. You know what I mean? Like, that shit's real. It like, is. A, a, a manic pixie dream girl is a lot more of a handful than you're going to think she is. Definitely. And it's not fun for either of you. No, mental illness is not sexy. And it's... I, I I also hate hearing, like, I hate dealing with you when I, when you're like this. Because, like, mm -hmm. oh, I hate dealing with me when I'm like this, too. Mm-hmm. Good. We have something in common. <laughs> so we only have a little time. But I did want to ask um, your opinions on Charlottesville, actually, because I know you've been writing some really awesome points on what's going on with the protests and the anti-protests happening right now with, what is it, the white... Males, what are they doing? I don't know. Oh, God. I, I think I'm not that surprised. I, I'm surprised that, well, I'm not that surprised that there are this many racists with jobs and families Ugh. in this country. Um, but I am 
surprised and horrified that they are no longer hiding their faces. Yeah. And it's because they have someone in the White House who they know has their back. They're completely emboldened. Completely. And there's like... There's like 25% of Jews who will cozy up to people they know hate us because of Israel. And I'm really, I'm really mad at those people right now because did you not think this was going to happen? And did you not think that your racism against people of color, did you think you were going to get away with that because you're a different kind of minority? You're not. Yeah. And when um, the Black Lives Matter protests started happening like what three years ago and then I think the slut walks and we had all of these strides forward but yeah this is just such a severe backlash I think definitely and you know I think that those protests were happening obviously for a real reason black people said look we're people too yeah and then now the white America is saying no you're not and it's like in a very real way and you know I'm not shocked that with Trump in the White House that this is happening, but it is, it's just so sickening, you know, like how is this, obviously we're not post-racial and there's fucking Nazis parading around. What the fuck? Yeah. And, and the idea that, that we could still call them alt, they're, they're waving swastikas. (laughs) Literally. They're fucking Nazis. They're doing the Nazi, the Hitler salute. They are. They're fucking Nazis. Yeah, it's it's kind of insane. But at the same time, you know, I did have two brothers who were white guys who were raised by the television and played video games all the time. And I'm not saying, not being one of those people to say video games is the problem. I'm just saying when you are so isolated, like we were a little yeah. bit locked up in the house a lot of the time. And oh, there was a lot of anger in our household. And it was sort of like this crock pot of disaster. Like whatever yes. was cooking for my brothers and I was not good. And we are feeling the effects in different ways, definitely. And knowing two white guys in my life and seeing them brought up differently and their behavior excused differently than mine and their anger expressed itself in different ways, I understand why this Nazi white America movement is happening. Yeah. But it is really disturbing because I would I would really resent my brothers growing up. Like, why do they get to be shitheads and get away with doing this thing that I don't get to do? Yeah. You know, and I saw it f- like right in front of my own face. So I, I guess I understand it. But it always made me so fucking angry growing up. You know, mm-hmm. why do they get to this stuff? And they have a lot of anger and they have a lot of issues. And I'm lucky enough to start to break the cycle through therapy and other um, things I'm involved with that have helped my mental health. But... It's really crazy to see it happen on such a wide scale, you know, and I saw it happen on a, in a microcosm in my own home. But it's yeah, it's fucking scary. It is. And to see those like dark reaches of the Internet where you realize all of these white boys are channeling all of their anger together and they're mm-hmm. organizing now. Because remember when the one guy shot up the fucking sorority house saying they never fucked me and writing a manifesto about yeah. they never fucked him. What Elliot a loser. Roger. Yeah. Oh God, he had a name. Well, now there's like a ton of them and they yeah. have found each other through Reddit threads, I'm sure. We did a joke at the Hard Times Live called a uh, pop punk lyric or manifesto. <laughs> and the last... <laughs> The last um, the last phrase was uh, girls don't like boys, girls like cars and money. Mm. And the answer was good Charlotte, but also mm-hmm. the spirit of Elliot Rogers manifesto. <laughs> Damn it. I love good Charlotte. I was just wearing my 03 good Charlotte shirt the other day. 
Damn it, those twins with the eyeliner. Fuck. I know. Oh, my life. My dad bummer. loves them, too. He's a huge really? pop punk guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cute. That's awesome. So you did say you're writing. We're just going to shwerp the car this way since we do have to close the show. But do you want to repeat your book one more time to look out for? Oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, there are two things. The first is uh, Mom Presents, I Think These Guys Are Hot Stuff, and that's coming out in December, and it's a zine, so it's cheap. Um, and Will it uh, be available at Meltdown Comics? I think so. Yeah. I think it will. I know Alex has had his stuff here before. Yeah. I Sold think, here. Yeah, I think I think all the Devastator zines end up end up on that shelf right over there, yeah. Awesome. And... Um, yeah, so Alex and I have that in December. And then in spring or summer of 2018, uh, Never Sleep Again, Ensuring Your Child's <sighs> Happiness by Sacrificing Literally Everything. I'm really excited for that. Can't wait. Um, Do you have any place people can follow you online, like your Twitter and your Instagram? Oh, yeah. They're both Hannah Michaels, which are spelled terribly because my parents fucked up. It's H-A-N-A-M-I-C-H-E-L-S. Uh, no A in Michaels. Don't know. I mean, I do know why, because they're bad at trying not to sound like Jews. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, that's so yeah, they can follow me. you on Twitter and Instagram. And do you have any websites you're writing for right now? You're always posting great articles on Aww. Facebook that I'm each one. I just gobble up like a starving orphan with their <laughs> stew. I'm like, yes, Um, I might. Actually, I don't want to talk about that because I don't know if that's happening. Um, okay. <laughs> Uh, probably. But you just got verified on Twitter, so hey, what's up, girl? <laughs> it's you. You're doing you. I have noticed, like you said, the last two years since you quit sex for a while, yeah. you really started like cultivating some good shit. Yeah, yeah. It's. I think it's. I think it's because I quit a relationship really more than mm, sex. I know I'm in relationship <laughs> but, mode like, right now, and I'm just like cozy. Yeah. It's if you. If you want to dissolve yourself in an, into another person, <laughs> it's really easy. Yes. So I got to just not do that, even though I'm dating again, and hopefully keep putting out good shit. Um, yeah. Are you dating someone I saw? Is that happening? No, I'm just dating around. Okay, cool. Well, it was great having you on and so many good revelations. I love your truth, Hana. You're the fucking <laughs> shit. And thank you to Mason Booker, my great producer. This has thank been you so much. a rad episode of my freak show. Bye, guys. Bye.